It's that time, Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru known as Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. So, Uncle Dave, we now have two golf tournaments in the books. We're on our third one here. We will go into this week's Travelers Championship. This one will be played at the TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. But let's not go to this week first, Uncle Dave. Let's go back to last week as you had a very good week. Myself, I lost a little bit. I had a Brooks Kepka bet that kept me uh, above water, so I was happy about that. But Uncle Dave, you absolutely crushed it last week. You gave out the winner as you had Webb Simpson at 30-1. to 1. Some people, they got him even a little bit higher. And uh, that was a really nice ticket there, Uncle Dave. And I don't know if you saw, but Webb Simpson has cracked the top five of the world golf rankings. Yeah, I did see that, Sleepy, and, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing for Webb. It's a good thing for golf because he's a great ambassador. Um, it's a bad thing for his his uh, value going forward because so many people handicap based strictly on stats, the world golf rankings, yada, yada, yada. And uh, after last week, now it's going to, you know, I think he's going to continue to play well because he played well the week before, but I'm not so sure. Uh, it's it's value going. I'm glad for Webb. He's a great guy, and he's a, he's great for the sport. So good to see him up there. As I was watching your Twitter timeline and you were texting me, you were giving me updates of this guy and that guy, and I'm like, oh, Uncle Dave might actually hit hit a couple bets here. But I'll be honest, I didn't know that you had Webb to win. I thought you just had him in top 10, which you cashed that ticket as well. We'll get into all the stuff that you bet last week, Uncle Dave, because you gave out a decent amount, and you did very well. Again, this tournament, Uncle Dave, we're going to have like nine out of the top ten golfers again. So, again, it's going to have that, you know, kind of that major feeling once again where, you know, at least for me, you know, a guy who has really been starving for sports, it's like, you know, it just feels like it's another big event after a big event. You know, and the same thing has been said for kind of like UFC and NASCAR and and, and the sports that are actually going on is, you know, there's just a lot of hype around each individual event. And again, I think that this, you know, this next tournament coming up, I think there'll be a lot of hype around this next tournament. So I'm getting excited for that. Roy McIlroy will be there. John Rom, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, just to name a few. Those are four of your top five players. And as we talked about, Webb Simpson now cracks top five of the world golf rankings. The winner of this tournament last year, Uncle Dave, was Ches Reeve. Not sure if you have any tickets on him. Let's save some of our long shots, Uncle Dave. Why don't you go ahead and talk about, you know, maybe what this tournament uh, is going to look like for, you know, a lot of the golfers that are going to be out there. Well, I think it's going to be a lot like the last two, um, you know, both uh, the Texas tournament and the Heritage last week were fairly short by comparison, obviously short to a U.S. Open, but, you know, several hundred yards shorter than sort of is typical. So, you know, here we go again. I think anybody can win. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not unlike either one of the previous tournaments that anybody can win. Uh, but I think when all is said and done, you'll probably see one of the guys that everybody's heard of um, probably take home the trophy. I, I just think there's, you know, although this tournament hasn't typically drawn a field like this. And if you look at past winners, there aren't, there aren't a ton, you know, it's like, it's like Harbortown line. I think they had, 
last seven winners are all first-time winners. And although that could happen here, we have such a deeper field that I don't see it happening. And uh, I didn't look for too many long shots. I'll look for a few, but, you know, I think uh, just like last weekend, I think we're going to see the cream rise to the top probably uh, on Sunday, if not sooner. Um, not unlike a lot of tournaments, but uh, probably more so than you would normally uh, in this particular tournament. Would you say that this year versus last year that we're just getting so much more value with some of these no-name guys or even like our mid-grade guys because we just have so many of the, the bigger-name guys in this tournament this year? Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of it's kind of kind of works both ways. I mean, it gives you some great odds in the, you know, in the 40 to 60 to 1 range because you have such a deep field. But what it also does is it, you know, because you have so many good golfers, um, you, you know, even your, your favorites, if you will, you know, you're going to find, you know, eight or 10 guys that are, are quite capable of winning um, at, 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 you know, anywhere between 10 and 20 to one. And you don't typically see that with a, you know, if they only had, you know, three of the top 10 guys in there, they would obviously, barring some unforeseen circumstance, you know, they would be favorites at, you know, six, eight, 10 to one. And, and then your other guys that are right now, 40 to 50 would probably only be 30 to 40. So absolutely good point. So talking about value, uncle Dave, last week you had Terrell Hatton, you had him at 10 to one to go ahead and finish in the top 10. Sure enough, he goes ahead, he cashes. Now you have a big name guy like Justin Rose. You had him as well to go ahead and finish in the top 10. Now, unfortunately for Rose, he ends up missing like a three foot birdie putt on 18. Sorry to bring up the, uh, you know, the bad news there, Uncle Dave. But you know, there's got to be a difference there, Uncle Dave, between like a guy like Hatton and a guy like Rose coming into this tournament. Now, you like those guys both in the top 10, but, you know, th- there has to be some extra value there with Hatton, wouldn't you think? Or guys that are similar to him? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had Hatton last week at 40 to 1. And, you know, after this past tournament, he did well. I actually had him. Uh, yeah, I had him 40 to one and, and, uh, you know, we were looking pretty good starting off Sunday. We looked good all weekend and, and, uh, you know, for a guy that's 20th in the world golf rankings and 14th in FedEx cup standings, you know, I mean, that, that's probably up a little bit after last week's performance, but probably wasn't a whole lot worse. I, I don't remember going into last weekend and, you know, to get a guy like that at 40 to one, um, and he's also from England and I said, it's probably going to take a lot of the European guys and, and far East guys a week or two to get, sort of adjusted to flying back from wherever they flew back from. So, yeah, I mean, that's why we had such great odds on Hatton. And, and uh, you know, coming in after the first six or eight holes yesterday, I think he actually led. Uh, and speaking of Justin Rose, you know, I don't I don't get mad too much watching sports. And Rose was oh, six or eight groups ahead of the leaders, if not maybe even a little more, but I was following the scores pretty closely. And when I watched him miss that putt, I knew right then and there, and I got really pissed I mean, I didn't throw anything, but I, I got about as pissed as I would somebody dunking an extra point to cover. And even though I knew we had Hatton and Webb and we were probably going to be okay, I wanted like this masterful clean sweep, and uh, and we didn't get it. So yeah, that was that was uh, you brought up a, you brought up a moment in time that I will I won't forget uh, for quite some time because yeah, I wanted to I wanted to give out even more winners. So yeah, but you're right, you know, a guy like Hatton that is a much better golfer, but not as big of a name as some of these other guys at 40 to one. I mean, I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I can't help it, Uncle Dave, but I'm just sitting here laughing and smiling that 
not that Rose missed a putt, but the fact that, you know, Uncle, and I'm smiling in a good way that Uncle Dave finally got what it feels like to go and have sports back in his life where, you know, there's the highs and the lows. You know, you had the Webb Simpson at 30 to 1, and then you had a guy miss a three foot putt. And uh, I'm sure your emotions were high and low, you know, throughout that last day of the tournament. But um, I think overall, you know, you were happy to at least, you know, get that feeling back, you know, being a true handicapper and, and just feeling, you know, like you had something to root for. Um, for once after a long uh, layoff, obviously, with the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I absolutely was. It was, you know, kind of my, I was totally focused. And I even got pissed on the front nine when Simpson was burning edges on 10 and 12 foot putts that, you know, otherwise he'd have run away with it. Um, but, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, you know, I started Thursday morning following scores and watching and following scores and watching. And, and it was four days of fun because we had a lot of the right guys. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, it's always more fun when you do well. Absolutely. And for me, Uncle Dave, you know, I kind of felt, you know, the highs and the lows myself where I had Danny Lee to go ahead. I think it was make the cut or top 30 or something like that. And he ends up bricking a putt on like 17. And then last week I had Kuchar to go ahead and finish. I think it was top 30 and he bricked a putt. Actually, I think he ended up in the woods on like a, on like a par five there in like 17 or 16 or 17 or something like that. And that ruined his day. So, yeah, I was a little pissed off. I haven't had the highs like you had, but hopefully this week, you know, I can go ahead and uh, go ahead and get on the uh, get on the right track. So, Uncle Dave, I was trolling around looking at all the sports books there, and I noticed that DraftKings had a decent amount. You could get a bunch of props, you can get matchups, you can get uh, top twenty, top five, the win. You can get you can get a decent amount there at DraftKings. So, uh, I found a couple couple bets I really like. I actually really like one of the prop bets. So. I'm not sure what you have, Uncle Dave. You have, you know, you probably have the majority of uh, picks for this small podcast. So I'll let you go ahead and start out and give a couple, and then I'll give a couple of what I have, and uh, we could see if we can go ahead and make our listeners some more money like we did last week. Yeah, and again, I'll probably add more. Um, so you know, I'll tweet them out. But you know, we're taping this Monday night, and you know, a lot of the books don't have uh, top twenties, top thirties, top tens up. So you know, you're right. We're using we're using. DraftKings lines for the time being. Um, a guy I really like at 50 to 1 is Tony Finau. I also played him plus 30 top 10. You know, and, and look at him like you look at Hatton. You know, the guy's 16th in the world golf rankings, and, and it's a bargain. He's had three top 10 finishes this season, and he finished second to Webb in a playoff at the Waste Management, so he almost won this year. He's played in the last two tournaments, so he's fresh. Seven of the eight rounds under 70. You know, I think his, his driver could be more accurate, but he's sitting 70% of the greens in regulation. That's a big number. Uh, but he was better last week. He had 58% of the heritage, which is up from his season average. Uh, and he missed the cut here last year, so he's probably a little motivated. And he has played well here previously. So at 50 to 1 to win and plus 330 top 10, that's who I played. Another fairly long shot I took, Neiman at 55 to 1 plus 500 top 10. I mean, the guy played really well last week in Harbortown. He's never won. So obviously I think the top 10 bet's safer, but, you know, it's only money and when you're hot, you're hot. Um, but he played well last week. He tied for fifth. Um, he's up to 16th in FedEx Cup points, so he's been been consistent. Uh, he had a win this year at Greenbrier. He's not a long hitter, but, again, this is not a long course, and he's hit 71% of his greens, which is good for 18th. 
you know, going back to the Charles Schwab Classic, he's had five straight rounds in the 60s, including two 65s in the 63 this weekend. So at 55 to 1, considering he finished T5 here last year, I don't know how you don't take him as well. So those are two that I took to win and top 10s. There's some big odds there, Uncle Dave. And if you wanted to go ahead and bet the winner from last year, Chez Reeve, you can go ahead and find him at some books right now, at least at DraftKings right now with 100 to 1. I don't know if I would go ahead and take a guy to go ahead and repeat. But one of the things I looked at, Uncle Dave, when I was digging in is, you know, I want to see consistency and I want to see, you know, if a guy can repeat, you know, his performance over and over and over again at a particular venue. And one of the guys that I really like for this upcoming tournament is Paul Casey to go ahead and finish in the top 10. Now you can get him at DraftKings right now at four to one. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make that wager. Here's why. In 2015, he finished second. 2016, 17th. 2017, fifth. 2018, second. 2019, fifth. So four out of the last five times he's played at this venue, he's been inside the top 10. And here's another wager. This is kind of my long shot wager, Uncle Dave. I have two of these. But the one I'm going to go ahead and play here with Casey is leader after the first round. If he's played this well at this course, why not go ahead and throw a little pizza bet on him to go ahead and be the leader? You can get that at 50 to 1. Now, here's another guy that's been really consistent, but he's kind of either does really well or he's outside of the top 20, and that's Bubba Watson. Now, Bubba has played, you know, really well here at times, and you got to go back to like 2010. He had his first win here. He's actually won at this course three times, 2010, 2015, 2018. He also has a second place finish in 2012 and a fourth place finish back in 2013. I think Watson's a a sneaky play here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use him inside the top 10 again, as I am like Casey. But for Watson, I'm only going to get three to one odds. I don't know if you can hear the birds chirping outside my uncle Dave, but I was going to close the window. And before we started this podcast, the birds were going bonkers. And I'm like, well, it'll kind of kind of be a neat little background. But you guys probably can't hear the birds. But the birds are chirping and kind of distracting me a little bit. But I'll be even more distracted if I go ahead and cash this ticket, Uncle Dave. And that's going to be Bubba Watson to go ahead and lead after the first round at 45 to 1. So, Uncle Dave, there's my two long shots there at uh, Bubba Watson leads the first round, 45 to 1. Casey lead the first round 50 to one. And I like both guys to go ahead and place in the top 10 as both guys have been rock solid, consistent going ahead and placing at this tournament inside the top 10. So uncle Dave, what else do you got for our listeners? Well, I agree with you on Bubba. I mean, that's almost an autoplay. And I, I took something on him at 35 to one to win. Um, you know, he's, he's won here, obviously, as you said, uh, he was T seven in the Charles Schwab and he's, he's had seven of eight rounds under 70, uh, and if he didn't have a crappy Saturday in Hilton Head, um, you probably wouldn't even be able to get this good of a price. Um, another guy I like quite a bit is Patrick Reed. We were on him uh, in Texas, and he missed the cut in Hilton Head, which is, I think, another reason why we get this good price. I, I see him at 40 to 1, plus 300 top 10. The guy's had five top 10s this season, fifth in the FedEx, sixth in the world golf rankings, seventh in scoring average, and he's very good out of the beach. You know, I love guys that can can save their butt when they do miss. He finished T30 here last year, uh, but after a great start, he had kind of a bad weekend. And I think missing the cut 
little extra practice, a little rest. Um, I think that's going to be overlooked here. So read it 40 to 1. And here we go. Ahem. Justin Rose, 28 to 1, plus 250. Once bitten, twice shy. I've already talked about what he did last week. But he's fifth in sand saves. And again, I love somebody that can get themselves out of trouble because they're going to be in trouble at some point. If you look at it, he's minus 30 for the two events, finished T3 and T14. And I think he really benefited from the layoff because he had missed three of, three of four cuts before it shut down. Uh, and he finished Sunday with a 65 that should have been a 64, which had an eagle and, and the aforementioned missed putt. The downside, he hasn't played at this tournament much, but at this price at 28 to 1, as well as he's playing, I can't pass that up. Not for a second. So, Uncle Dave, tell me if you like this one. This is a head to head matchup that I found. And I'll give you my handicap here. Now, both of these golfers, they come into this tournament, you know, rather hot. You're going to have Ian Poulter. I think last week he was like minus 16, and Sergio Garcia was like minus 18. But here's the wager I'm going to make. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play Sergio Garcia in a head-to-head matchup over Poulter. Garcia's played well at this venue. I believe he tied for second a few years back. And then I think he was like tied for 25th. It was like four or five years ago or something like that. But he's he's played well here. Now, Ian Poulter, he's he hasn't played at this venue since 2013. And he finished, I think it was in like 43rd position is what I found. So I ended up going ahead and make this wager Sergio Garcia over Ian Poulter. I got a lay minus 125. How do you feel about that specific wager? Well, it looks pretty easy to me. I mean, we saw how well Sergio played Sunday in Harbortown. Um, you know, Poulter's one of those guys that he's kind of a feast or famine guy. Um, so I don't know. What kind of number did you get on that? Sergio Garcia over Ian Poulter minus 125. Oh, doable for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you don't make that bet. Sergio's playing well. Um, he's clearly the better golfer right now. So yeah, I like it. And I'll tell you what really convinced me was the fact that Poulter just hasn't played at this venue, you know, in in like seven or eight years. Now, typically, Uncle Dave, when you see a guy, you know, he hasn't played at a venue for you know like that amount of time. Is that somebody that you would typically look to go ahead and fade? Um, probably. Only because he's typically very inconsistent to begin with. Well, I certainly hope he's inconsistent this upcoming tournament, Uncle Dave. Do you have anything else, Uncle Dave, that you want to go ahead and give out? Oh, you know, we're in a giving mood. Um, whenever I say that, I think of Jameis Winston. Um, I like Patrick Cantlay at 28-1, to 1, plus 250, top 10. Finished tied for 15th the last two years, so he's obviously comfortable here. Guy's seventh in the world golf rankings. That's just too short. Too good of a price to lay off of. He didn't play in the first two tournaments, so I'm not quite sure he can get there because, as you know, I've been talking about uh, these guys needing to get back in the groove. But top ten's doable. Guy hits two-thirds of the fairways. That's a big number. Second in greens, greens and regulation. And third in birdie average. So I think even at 28-1, to 1, there's some value there. Um, the Another bet I did make, um, you know, I don't like to give out or – or take a lot of favorites, but I took Bryson at 14 to one. You almost have to, he's playing too well. Even at this price, he finished T nine here last year and uh, T eight the year before, or, or maybe I got those backwards, um, but he's playing well. He's been there at plus plus one sixty five top 10. I, I think he probably gets there. Um, a couple other guys I threw a little money on Kisner plus seven fifty, uh top 10 uh, missed last week's cut. 
but he finished T15 here last year, had a T8 and a T4 earlier uh, before the break, five or six rounds under 70. You know, he's minus three going into the last weekend, which normally makes a cut in Harvard time, but we know what happened. And I think one of the things a lot of people overlooked, and this could come into play here as well, is last week, you know, that tournament was played in June, and, you know, everybody's, everybody was talking about, well, wait till they get to the back end on Sunday when it's really windy. Wait till they get to the back end on Sunday when it's really windy. Well, that's in April. Totally different weather. I mean, they they tell, they play that tournament sometimes the weather's in the 50s and, and cloudy. Uh, so big deal there. I threw a little bit on Harmon, plus 750 top 10. Been a little inconsistent, uh, but, you know, he's he, he's done well. I don't think he can string four good rounds together, but he's capable of a top 10. And a couple of big-time long shots uh, that I like. Uh, well, I like Chris Stroud, plus 3,300 top 10. And honestly, I forget why I did that, but I did that. I took Xander top 10, super inconsistent in Harbortown. He fired two sixty-sixes, uh, but then he fired uh, around over par. So I don't know which Xander we get, the one that was T3 in Texas or the one that will miss a lot of relatively short putts. You know, if he's hitting fairways, uh, he'll do well. If he's not, he won't. Uh, I'm not sure he can win, but top 10 is more than doable. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got for Monday night, guys. And as you said, Uncle Dave, we'll go ahead and we'll put some other stuff on Twitter once the odds become more available and some of the, you know, the, the other odds that we typically look for um, go ahead and get released. So uh, be sure to go ahead and look at our Twitter. You guys can find that at sleepyj underscore pregame and Dave underscore. As for Uncle Dave, I did give out a head-to-head matchup last week. I had Woodland over Dustin Johnson. That didn't work out too well. But I did send you a text, Uncle Dave. I think it was when Danny Lee was doing really well in the tournament, and it was funny. I, As I talked about, you know, in the first, first tournament back, as soon as I started watching it, he went south. And wouldn't you know it, after I text you how well he was doing, it was like, a, it was like somebody jumped off a cliff. So if anybody has any Danny Lee or anything associated with him, you know, you can get in touch with me. Sleepy J underscore pregame, I'll just turn it on or I'll say something positive or some way, shape, or form because it seems like I jinxed that guy uh, the last two weeks. So be sure to go ahead, guys, and check back on our Twitter accounts as the days tick by. Well, that's it for our podcast, guys. Another golf tournament upcoming, and uh, hopefully Uncle Dave and I give you guys some winners. We'll talk golf over the next couple of days. You guys can find me on Twitter, J underscore pregame. And at Dave underscore SR. And as always, you can find us on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>